Live from Cool Boys Central. You're the boss down there. I'm boss up here. From bat tips to bat nips, <laughs> we are just three cool boys revisiting Batman, the animated series, and wearing hats. <laughs> this is Batman and Beyond, a cool boys podcast. I see Batman and Beyond. Greetings, cool boy Bat Nation, and welcome to another installment of Batman and Beyond, a Cool Boys podcast. I'm Felk. I'm Ballard. And I'm Steve. Uh, so cool. Tonight's episode is Feet of Clay, part two, directed by Kevin Altieri, story by Marv Wolfman and Michael Reeves, teleplay by Michael Reeves. This episode aired September 9th, 1992, the day after part one, and features Clayface and Roland Daggett as antagonists. Wikipedia says Bruce Wayne is released from prison on bail. Hagen, as it turns out, survived the murder attempt on him, but at a high cost. The formula entered his body and soaked every single one of his cells, turning him into a shape-shifting mutant. With his newfound powers, Hagen, now calling himself Clayface, decides to take his revenge on Daggett and his men. And Batman must bring Daggett to justice and stop Clayface before innocent people are hurt. So we this is a to-be-continued, right, from uh, part two of part one. And the previously on Batman this time was Alfred's voice. So we had a who-knows voice for Two-Face. For huh. Cat in the Claw, we had Selena's. And this time, we had Alfred's. Very nice. I was just going to say that this is, I think this is the first time that it's kind of like a supernatural or some sort of, yeah, you know, uh, special powered villain on Batman. All the other ones have been just kind of crazies. This one's, uh, it has actual powers. It's kind of a, a nice, nice twist. Yeah, I put that in my notes somewhere. At least I thought I did. I, I can't find it. But yeah, that was... Oh, yeah. Is Clayface our first supernatural villain from the Batman's rogues gallery? I think and so. Yeah, I think he might be, right? I mean, unless you count Scarecrow or Poison Ivy. Poison Ivy eventually does become kind of supernatural. Yeah. But she wasn't in the episode we saw. Yeah, they haven't yet. I think and Scarecrow hasn't been introduced. Yeah, he was. He was introduced. Oh, yeah, he was. Yeah. Well, Mr. Freeze is sci-fi. You're, say, you're saying Mr. Freeze is sci-fi, not supernatural? Yeah, I would say sci-fi. Well, I mean, this is sci-fi too, though. Uh, yeah, yeah, this is this is yeah. I, I mean, you could, you would almost say that most Batman villains are sci-fi. They're very rarely supernatural. Solomon Grundy, Ra's al Ghul. It's about it. Yeah. I misspoke by supernatural. I, I guess just like special power. Oh, I but... wrote supernatural in my notes, so I'm wrong too. But I actually wrote supernatural in my notes. Like I thought that like he's, he... you could call you could supernatural can be science fiction based supernatural powers. It feels like Clayface is supernatural to me, though. I do I do feel that way. Yeah. Even though I would say, yeah, he's sci-fi based. Uh, yeah, you're right. I guess uh, Mr. Freeze. But he just basically uses a freeze gun. You know, he's not like his, his powers don't come from. That's like a technology base. This is the first one where it's like he this guy transforms his body. And yeah. He can make himself like grow and he can transform himself into other people. So I feel like this yes. is the one where it's much more like there's superpowers. The powers are greater for sure to the point where they even do like anime animation for when he's like throwing his arms 
and he's uh, like covering distance with them. It's almost like you're watching anime the way he's traveling through the uh, space of the uh, the cartoon. And that like pieces of him still exist even if he's not uh, like disconnected or whatnot. You know, it was yeah. This was definitely like uh, at first for this for the series. Well, the the episode starts with Bruce um, after the previous um starts with Bruce. Uh, getting his photos taken for his, you know, uh, for being booked into jail. And, um, I, you know, he's eventually released on bail and Bruce looks guilty as sin. I mean, no comment when you're getting into your fucking town car <laughs> makes you look pretty bad, Bruce. I get it, but you look bad. And then he just instantly turns into Batman. No one follows the car. Like, they, he jumps yeah. out of the car as Batman. Yeah, there's no paparazzi in 92. That's but, for sure. Well, there, the, there was a crowd of press. <laughs> there wasn't in, like, 1997, though. Yeah, but press don't follow behind the paparazzi do. So that, I thought that was funny. Right after, right after he drives away, he turns into Batman, jumps out of the car, and he's off. He's off. Yeah, he's off as Batman running around the streets. Yeah, he doesn't even like go swinging right away or have Alfred drop him off in an alley. He just literally drops him off next to a park on the side of like Broadway. Mm -hmm. um, we see right now also Clayface is discovering his powers. And I love that he's a large hulking form. I like how he slowly uses his powers and learns to use his powers. And he just started like doing it almost like instinctually like Sandman does it in Spider-Man 3. Uh -huh. I know we're mentioning that again. We mentioned that in See No Evil. It's also... We get a really, you know, we get this clear idea that he's a very, he's very similar to T-1000 and the way he, uh, in Terminator 2 Judgment Day, the way he kind of, his powers do work, other than it's clay instead of liquid metal. And I think later on he could actually turn into metal. Like it starts, he's, he's able to manifest different. I thought that was more like painted clay. Yeah, I think he can change the color, but it's still clay. You think it's clay? Yeah. It could be hard clay. I mean, clay is earth, right? I was interpreting it as, as sharp as whatever the object was. I imagine if you took a whole bunch of clay, compounded it into a, like a lobster claw, and then you like, you know, threw it in an oven and really hardened it up. I mean, it would be incredibly heavy and, and, and formidable as a, as a weapon. You know, I don't know if it would like, you know, have lasting power, but if you can constantly just rebuild that same type of shit right there, boom, every single time, boom, that's not bad. Well, um, I, this is so Batman bad. coming into uh, Act Two, stopping Germ from trying to kill Lucius Fox, the you know the hottest date in prison right now. Everybody wants to be in his room. What? <laughs> yeah, so Daggett wants to to kill Lucius for kind of like no reason. He's just like, ah, let's just kill off Lucius Fox. And I know he's so brutal. You know, Daggett is fucking ruthless. It has something to do with control, stock control of the company. Yeah. It's so, yeah, but it's pretty brutal. I don't. There's like not a lot of reason that he needs to kill him. He's just okay. Daggett is fucking ruthless, and he's just fucking over people, and he looks putting out hits. I mean, that's all it is. Like, can I fuck him over, or can I put a hit out on him? Either or. I want to do it. And um, yeah, from there, Batman. Batman's still pissed off. He's he's like someone's impersonated Bruce, and I need to find out who. And he. Uh, goes and interrogates uh, germs by dragging him into like an infectious room or not dragging him, but trapping him in an infectious disease room and uh, making him think that he's uh, going to have, get some sort of infectious disease. Well, I knew what to do as a kid based on what Batman does here. If I ever had to get what I needed, I would usually go to the uh, science room in uh, school <laughs> and I would take acid out and I would 
bash it on my <laughs> shelves until I got like the kids to give me lunch money. Or if a kid wasn't acting nice, I would take them and I would ride my bicycle around a, the pool and I would drag the kid in the water, like, you know, by his hand, only by his hand with like those like old red toy claws you get at Disneyland. And I would just drag him all because of Batman. If Batman does it, it's cool and I can do it too. That's, that's for sure. I, I like when Batman is, you know, realizes that this cop is, uh, you know, not, uh, not functioning like a cop, <laughs> not, not a cop. He's like horrified. He's like, Oh my God, what are you? Or something, some, some sort of reaction. I would be. Yeah. That definitely doesn't make him, uh, you know, uh, sympathetic. Oh, he just rips a chunk of his face to off. his plight. Cause later on he's like, we could, f I could fix you or something like that. Yeah. He said that, I think, uh, also to, um, Man Bat in the very first episode, he wanted to like uh, rehabilitate him too. Mm -hmm. Oh, Man Bat, that's kind of supernatural. Yeah, we're, the furry first episode has a supernatural villain. Yeah, giant Batman. Disregard previous statements about Clayface's significance. Hey guys, I just want to mention a note I have right here. It says, um, Clayface, is he our first supernatural villain? <laughs> the, the answer <laughs> is no. Yeah. But he is definitely like uh, a, a weird villain. I mean, Man Bat's just werewolf with bat. Um, Mr. Freeze is, you know, the suit's keeping him cold, whatever. He is, uh, but, but Clayface is like over the top, like almost like alien and its weirdness, you know? So it, I it, love it that is, it is, it. it is pushing it further. This is definitely the most supernatural creature we've seen so far. And probably will in the entire series until we get into Justice League territory. Jesus. Yeah, here he is creating his, like, metal-looking type shit that's just incredibly just formidable. I mean, like, he is a real intense villain. I I love Clayface. Like, I love this villain. I do, too. I'd like to see him live action. Oh, my God. Can you imagine a live action Clayface? Oh, see, here's the Pretty thing. Easily. They can't do Clayface like they did Topher Grace Venom. I don't want to see some, like, t tiny little actor play Clayface. I want to see... A big hulking fucking Clayface, and I don't want Clayface to be seventy-five percent of the time the actor and only twenty-five percent of the time the monster Clayface. I want Clayface to be like eighty-five percent of the time Clayface, fifteen percent of the time George Clooney or whoever they hire to play Hagen. Oh, it'll be Tom Hardy. It's always Tom Hardy now. Oh, Tom Hardy gets it all. Tom Hardy's the answer for everything. He's Bane. He's Venom. He's fucking Clayface. Yeah. He he might even take over Chain Tatum and play Gambit. Who knows? I would not be surprised if, if all in the future all movies uh, start Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy, I would love to see a movie like Tom Hardy. That's like kind of like the being John Malkovich uh, dream sequence from uh, when everyone's John Malkovich. I would love to see a Tom Hardy movie, except I want only one person to be Logan Marshall Green, and then the idea is like audience, you try to figure out who Logan Marshall Green is in this film. Who is Logan Marshall Green? He's the guy that looks exactly like Tom Hardy. That's in like. Uh, Prometheus, The Invitation. Oh, he doesn't look that much like... Uh, Spider-Man Homecoming. He doesn't look oh, that he, much like him. He looks a lot like him. A lot like him. By the way, Summer Gleason is back with her own show here. Yeah. <laughs> this is so random that, that Hagen would go and do a uh, talk... Oh, not Hagen, that Daggett would do a talk show. Uh, it just seems so, so stupid. I like I like I like that I like I like that Daggett does talk shows because he's he's a CEO and he's got you know he's got he needs to get he needs to get his personality out there sell the company get some money <laughs> make some money he needs to make sure that you know they're in the black not the red you know fiscal years are coming up and shit 
And then he gets confronted by the by Hagen, pretending to be somebody, and he's like, "Isn't there a reason why this isn't sold in stores?" And the FDA is it's like, "How can he sell it if the FDA or whatever hasn't approved, you know, the 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 product?" So he's just like selling it for like in the back of his truck or something. He's like, "Just just meet me outside, and I'll sell it to you." So that Devlin McGregor could give you Provasic. <laughs> <laughs> Bringing that back. Um, I, I, I like how we establish clay faces recharge time. Yeah. Uh, something that we, we pointed out that, uh, for in, in the other cool boys podcast about Avengers infinity war about Thor's recharge time. Well, you, yeah, but you cut out the me chastising, uh, Nolan for not knowing that. Cause he's like, no, that'd be gay. Like no way. Thor doesn't have recharge time. That's gay. And I was like, that's weird because the gayest character in the, the MCU expanded <laughs> MCU is. Uh, Iron Fist, who has to recharge his power. Yes, yeah, because I didn't. We didn't need to get into Iron Fist in the middle of Avengers: Infinity War. Sure, it sure, but too far off topic. You have to admit, you have to admit that it, that like it is funny that like not only is he like very kind of gay, uh, and a lot of that's the fact that he's played by an actor who's best known for playing a gay character on Game of Thrones, but also the fact that he's kind of twerpy in his own like weaseliness, and he's like. Everyone just comments on how bad he is, and everybody hates him, and he has to like I've used my fists. Now I gotta recharge my chi. Yeah, it's really not great for the show. It's I I don't I really have no hope to uh, for Iron Fist two or season. I didn't two. watch it. I just watched the uh, Defenders. Yeah. Oh God, Defenders wasn't that good, and Iron Fist was way worse. It was better than I expected. I but uh, I thought uh, Defenders was actually worse than I expected, and I was kind of I was I was kind of frustrated. Yeah. Yeah, me too. I was pretty disappointed. Yeah. Um, I, I want to kind of uh, uh, mention, uh, as we're seeing here, um, this old lady, Total Recall style, going to turn into Clayface. The animations here are beautiful. It is incredible every time you see Clayface do any kind of animation. It's so fluid. It feels like you're like you're actually watching like a liquid, uh-huh. uh, you know, and then and turn into a solid. It's it, it looks great. Uh, these animators knocked it out of this fucking park for this episode. I love this shit. And, and of course, I just want to point out also earlier while we were noticing recharge time, we had Teddy the Enabler back, and he was enabling Matt Hagen once again so that Matt went to this Gotham Insider TV show run by Summer Gleason to mm. essentially attack Daggett. So, was he? I thought he was telling him like to stop or something. I don't know. I wasn't really paying attention. And then we also had Batman in disguise, and Batman is in his worst disguise yet as the Bat Janitor. <laughs> what the fuck? He's not even trying. He like walks in literally as, as as Batman with just a janitor coat on and a hat. Hey, did you notice that uh, the janitor's hat has like two sharp ears poking out of it? <laughs> Shut up, Jerry. Just do your fucking job. You know that's how the production room probably went. When he walks through, yeah, I think I think it's like a comment in society that no one looks at the janitor. Ah, <laughs> that's all it is. Nobody gives a fuck. Just like in uh, what uh, X X Two X Men United, and then what was the other one where the janitor is like um, wiping the uh, blinds over and over again as they print out papers inside the room? Fugitive. That is the fugitive. Oh yeah. <laughs> When he's wiping the blinds with brooms all poorly. Yeah, like every like five minutes <laughs> and he's in that room for 30 minutes. What is that janitor doing? That's <laughs> apparently from Puerto Rico, but he sure looks like a white guy. <laughs> the Fugitive. That's a great movie. Yes, it is. 
it seemed kind of like a, it was a you know I guess it wasn't a gruesome death scene, but it was it was kind of a fun acting. It death was a scene, great death scene, you know, and, and I thought that was cool, you know. Definitely, I think they had to basically tell you that he was still alive because if it, otherwise that would be too intense for a kid's show. If they just left it where Reese is like, ah, I can't take anymore, he just throws himself and electrocutes him himself and and dies. That would have been just been like, wow, that's that that's intense for a kid's show. But I, and then they're like, it, you know what? He he just faked it. He's an actor. That was his best. You know, I, it was. I thought I thought it was all all well done. I thought that was. A nice it idea. was, yeah. And it's kind of neat to see that. Like, yeah, you're right. Like, it is a great death scene. It's a fake death scene. Um, but it must have been. Yeah, you're like a throw one for the uh, for the kids maybe because they don't bring back uh, Clayface for a long time. Kind of like how they don't bring back Mr. Freeze for a long time. Like they let those characters sit almost because of they, how they great those episodes it. are. Oh, yeah, for sure. I think this was nominated for, for an Emmy. I'm not sure. Um, I like how uh, we have him right here. This is what we were talking about earlier about Two-Face. Um, this is kind of the same thing. This is like the coins, right? Like when you toss a bunch of coins at Two-Face and he's trying to flip his one coin. This is like Daggett being like inundated with all of his like past greatest hits, you know, his uh, the, all the old roles mm -hmm. he was. But I don't think Batman meant to do this. I, I think he was just trying to appeal to his like other side and it just flipped him out. Like it wasn't on pert like Unlike the coins where he was like clearly fucking with two Yeah, fans. the coins was a was a purposeful act to like fuck him up. This was more like, no, you have to remember your past and he didn't realize that it was gonna cause him to like freak out and, and not be able to control his his body anymore. It was. I thought it was. Uh, that was pretty gruesome. Where he started this is being very like anime. Half he became like half, uh, you know, uh, a person or whatever. But if you look at like yeah, just look at the animations right now. This is like literally like watching like Japanese animation. The way like Clayface is going in and out of like different characters, like that, the, the electricity surrounding it, the way he's like drawn is is very reminiscent of like anime. I, I guess the animation company it says on this wiki is Tokyo Movie Shinisha. I Shinsha. think they work for all of them, but every once in no, a while they're they kind of... No, they're different production companies. Wait, this is different than normal? No, each each episode has like a different... There's different animation houses that have, that worked on these for whatever reason. Huh, that makes sense. But this one, it was part one. Part one was Akum Production Company and part two was Tokyo Movie Shinsha. Well, this one is a lot more anime-esque for sure. And and there's definitely been other episodes very anime-like, like On Leather Wings, for instance, had some very anime-like moments, if I recall as well. Another thing that, that I saw a note of was that the, I guess this whole episode title is like a play on a Bible verse, Feet of Clay. Isn't that actually like, was it like, it is called Feet of Clay, right? Or something like that? Yeah, it's it's a... But feet, the spelling's different. It's feet of clay. To overcome the spider's curse, simply quote a Bible verse. <laughs> if the plant ye wish to flee, go to sector 7B. <laughs> to overcome the spider's curse, simply quote a Bible verse. Uh... Thou shalt not go. Hey, that looks like Princess Die. Ah, <coughs> oh, wait, it's just a pile of rags. Thou shalt not. He throws a rock at it. 
Yep. Well, this Feet of Clay Part 2 was nominated for the Daytime Emmy Award for Outstanding Music Direction and Composition, along with um, Episode 36's Cat Scratch Fever, which was also named, nominated that same year that, for that same category. But uh, they lost to Tiny Toons Adventures episode The Horror of Slumber Party Mountain, which was also written by Paul Denny. And if you guys don't know that episode, it's their uh, horror, like, kind of slasher film spoof episode where, like, Elmira is pretending to be Elvira, and she has a horror episode, and you see, like, Buster and Plucky and Hampton and Babs and her two friends, and they're essentially attacked by a slasher. That's funny. And it's a slasher-fic episode. It was a good episode. I, I remember I, it. I remember very few uh, Tiny Toon episodes, and <laughs> that's one I, I kind of remembered. I love Tiny Toons. Tiny Toons, though. <laughs> I love Tiny Toons and Animaniacs. Those were very influential. How many how many boys would you give this episode? I'd give it a five. Oh wow, that's high. Yeah, I give this a five as well. I'll give it a four. Good. I thought this was a really good, uh, very good two parter. Yeah, I thought this was a great two parter, but I also think this was a great summation of Hagen's character. I felt like you got a better arc here uh, of a of a of a main character that wasn't Batman. Uh, than you did with Catwoman and Cat in the Claw, or even Two Face, really in the Two Face episode. So, nah, I think they both. This was, I think, you, like you said, uh, Two Face doesn't die. Is the thing in, in, at the end of this, and in this one, he kind of dies. I mean, I know, I know, technically, I know he technically doesn't die, but as far all intents and purposes, he dies. Well, Two Face doesn't come back either for a while, but I think that uh, they both were really similar. And, They're very similar, uh, yeah. They both gave a lot of uh, time for the char- character development, which was interesting for a kid show. There should be an episode like that was released called Face Party, and it was like Two Face and Clayface trying to like you know like run around Gotham getting like party like you know supplies for like you know Joker's you know anniversary or Joker coming out of jail something like that. Like that, I just feel like there's a missed opportunity here that there was no face party episode with Two Face and Clayface. We had one with Poison Ivy and Harley Quinn running around. We had one where they were running around shopping for Christmas. We had a Clayface episode for Christmas, also by the way, with Batgirl. But uh, no face party. Great bat stuff, gentlemen. Cool Boy Nation, tune in next week. Same cool bat time. Same cool bat channel. Cool Bat Nation, be sure to let us bat know what you bat thought of Feet of Clay, part two, or what your favorite bat episode is by bat emailing us at Batman and Beyond, coolboys at gmail.com. New episodes of Batman and Beyond come out every Thursday. Also, please check out our other great Cool Boy Central content with The Cool Boys Podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, and Patreon, where the cool boys have an uncensored discussion about five so-cool movies, everything ranging from bods to dongs and all the boners they have given us. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Cool Boys Podcast and Facebook group us at The Cool Boys Podcast. Like and subscribe to us on YouTube. You can find us on YouTube by searching for The Cool Boys Podcast. And be sure to rate and review us on iTunes at The Cool Boys Podcast. And if you like, you can donate to us on Patreon and receive additional episodes of Cool Boys After Dark and a Cool Boy shout-out on the Cool Boys podcast that airs every Tuesday. You can find the Cool Boys on Patreon at patreon.com slash coolboyspodcast. 
Thank you for listening. Stay cool, cool boy nation. Until next time, it's Bizies from Felk. That's Bizies from Ballard. And Bizies from Steven. So cool. Batman. And beyond. Oh, yeah. Batman. And beyond. Oh, yeah.